Hello and welcome to today's episode of Shades of Grey, where we focus on innovation and longevity. Today we have the pleasure of talking to Shreen Madipalli, Product Manager at Airbnb. Shreen has, an, has had an exciting uh, journey so far. After a degree in genetics and biochemistry, he retrained to qualify as a corporate lawyer. Spent a few years as a lawyer in London, did his MBA from Side Business School, University of Oxford. And that's where uh, Shreen and I got to know each other. This was about three, three and a half years ago. Um, she was doing, doing his uh, startup, um, Accommable, in 2015. Um, and during my visit to Side Business School, I heard about him. I reached out to him uh, to find out what he was doing. Uh, Shreen was also fundraising for Accommable at that time. And we had a chat about investing um, in him through, the, through my first fund. Um, due, due to various reasons, we chose to pass. <laughs> Accommable was subsequently acquired by Airbnb and the rest, as they say, is history. Um, Shreen, welcome on the show. Welcome to the show. Super. Thank you very much. And thank you for the kind intro. Uh, great. So tell us about your journey from side business school, your reasons to start Accommable, and how has it been so far? Yeah, sure. So uh, there's uh, several questions in there. So I'll take one at a time. So uh, the first, like a bit about myself. I mean, as you sort of very kindly sort of introduced there, uh, I used to be a corporate lawyer and then sort of retrained um, as a web developer, sort of in addition to while I was doing my MBA at Oxford. And, you know, working on a Accommable was one of my early projects when I was trying to improve my coding skills. I guess the other sort of big piece about me is that, um, yeah, I, I've been a wheelchair user all my life, but I, but I really love to travel. And back in sort of towards the end of 2010, early 2011, um, I tried to go traveling around the world um, and it ended up being something really difficult. So I would constantly turn up to hotels. I would constantly turn up to uh, various types of accommodation and nothing would say that it was so many times things that claim to be accessible and, you know, there'd be a step to enter or the rolling shower would have a step in there or the bathroom was tiny. And it just made the trip really difficult. I mean, although I had an amazing time, it sort of planted the seed that, you know, could we could we use technology to make life easier for people with some kind of disability who wanted to travel? So fast forward a few years to the summer of 2015. And, you know, this has been an idea that I'd been dwelling upon for a while. Um, and with my friend Martin, we sort of created a prototype web app called Accommable, where we focused on on um, really accurate and specific information about accessibility and to create trust with our users by being very strict on photography and making sure that uh, hosts or property owners or whoever listed uh, lodging on our platform had to prove the types of accessibility they had. And yeah, that, and then the startup sort of came from there. Like we, we originally started it to solve a problem that was very personal to me and some friends and family. And then it sort of took a life of its own and, and grew into a company that was eventually acquired by Airbnb. That is such a journey. It's inspirational, too. Um, so let's tell us a little bit more about the exit. Um, how did it come about? Um, sure. So um, as we started, again, very quickly, the, the platform was growing. We raised a round of, um, of, of investment um, from a group of angels investors uh, in London and again that allowed us to create a team and 
sort of have people helping out on all the different parts of the company. But what we found was that our site and our the demand was growing faster than what our infrastructure could cope with, which is a really good problem to have. I, I totally appreciate that. So, you know, for instance, for every sort of 10 or so booking requests, we were only able to satisfy one of them purely because, you know, we had a massive supply constraint in the amount of properties. Also, again, as the numbers on the website were increasing day by day, just the infrastructure was creaking. So we knew that we'd 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 landed on a on a on a solution and a concept that really resonated with people but we wanted to take what we had developed to a much more global scale and so we started a like an investment round like a scale, a series a investment round and uh, one of my investors suggested look you know even if you were going to raise a series a round you'd be building travel technology infrastructure that lots of other travel companies already have so why don't you think about maybe approaching um, the big travel companies to see whether there'd be any investment opportunity or any partnership opportunity or start that conversation like on, on collaboration. So somebody introduced me to somebody at Airbnb. I, I went out there in the summer, it was July 2017. Um, and did a presentation. And again, as, as Aaron mentioned at the beginning of the, the podcast, I guess the rest was history. So I did a, I did a presentation about what we were doing. And very quickly, the conversation moved to a like, look, Shred, you know, we love what you're doing. We love what Accommable stands for. And we love your mission. It's very aligned with what Airbnb wants to do. We're actually looking for more kind of expertise and support in this area. So it would be less of uh, the best partnership and the best opportunity would actually be an acquisition of the company and bringing the expertise of our entire company within Airbnb. And for us, that was, you know, what we always wanted, right? Like it gave us the chance to, to reach a global scale that we would it would have taken uh, many, many, many years to reach at a Commable on our own. So being able to do that at Airbnb, like it allowed us to fulfill our mission in a much more faster and scalable way and faster than anything we could have done uh, on our own. Great. So that's, uh, so now you've, uh, your product manager at um, Airbnb. I also see a lot of LinkedIn updates where you're kind of representing them as an ambassador on various uh, initiatives sure. and events. So tell us more about your role um, role at Airbnb. Yeah, so I mean, as you mentioned, like I am the sort of the product manager for what's known as the in-home accessibility team. So I lead like a product and engineering team and an operations team that work on making making the product more usable if you do have a physical disability and looking for a home. Um, part of my team also looks to try and find more properties around the world, either using sort of the existing Airbnb sort of database and trying to get a host to add more accessibility information to their listing or reaching out to potential new hosts um, to create listings. So that's sort of probably, you know, the biggest majority, like the majority of my day-to-day work and then the other aspect is is sort of acting as yeah that sort of massive that sort of push that we're doing to advocate for the importance of our work on a much more kind of 
policy driven level. So, you know, part of the, the attraction for me of accepting the offer from Airbnb was that, you know, we could raise the profile of the community we were trying to help to a much more impactful and global level and be able to sort of, you know, advocate for better accessibility across the wider industry, but also kind of educate the wider world on like the fantastic opportunities available um, in the sector if you do kind of make your products and services more usable for somebody with a disability and that there is a great opportunity there. We would like to give a mention to our creative partner Tremendousness. Tremendousness is a creative agency that uses visual thinking information design, and storytelling to help organizations explore and innovations, products, and processes. Learn more at www.tremendo.us. That's cool. So relates it, but shifting gear a little bit. Um, one of the things with Airbnb that I don't know of our visitors we, we know is that Seniors um, is actually Airbnb's fastest growing, most loved demographic with um, almost 78,000 um, mm-hmm. seniors that are age 60 and above sharing their homes with travelers all around the world. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that's the case? Um, really good question. Like, you know, that's 78,000. That is a lot of people. Um, and so, you know, it's very difficult to speak and for, speak for each and one of those folks and what their respective reasons could be. I mean, I could, the only guess I could hazard, I mean, from, from, a, from some hosts that I have personally interacted. So effectively, you know, there, it was a case of that their children had left home. They had, they had spare, like spare space in their home. They really, love being hosts they wanted to share their local know-how and knowledge with new people and just really enjoy the kind of the experience of hospitality um i gather it must resonate with people and 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 i and i can see why um yeah like i think you know there's a lot of people out there that just really enjoy just sharing their experience and local know-how of the place that they live in with people yeah, and I think another interesting aspect too is, you know, thanks to companies like Airbnb, it provides an additional revenue source, right? Exactly, exactly. And again, I don't know the stats and the numbers, but I know there are a lot of people that use Airbnb to make sure that they can that they can sort of make rent when due or pay mortgages. And yeah, I think that's a, one of the really sort of powerful aspects of the platform and that whole piece about economic empowerment, which is, which is what resonated with me as well. Apart from the uh, economic empowerment angle and the mobility mm-hmm. angle, are there any other ways that you see um, in your travels that uh, the innovation ecosystem can uh, do better for the older adults? Of course, I think there's, you know, we just operate in one vertical, that is travel. And sort of, you know, as I go around the world and meet different communities where people may have some kind of mobility or accessibility 
need a, I do see lots of different aspects being underserved, whether it be from transport to healthcare to financial services. Like there's an entire spectrum of, of services um, for this marketplace that I think are woefully underserved. And I think the innovation ecosystem can go a long way to sort of to addressing that because I think there are some great opportunities there for entrepreneurs. So let me ask you this. What's more um, satisfying as a CEO at Uncombable or, you know, doing very specific mobility issues for travelers or, you know, what you're doing in Airbnb right now? That's a really interesting question. And, and to be honest, like they are very different. And I think they both have aspects which are like very exciting. Sure. When you're starting your own company, um, you know, in the early days, you have all this kind of initial kind of excitement and you're starting something new and fresh and you're growing something from scratch. And that is an incredibly rewarding experience. But then, you know, at Airbnb, like for me, what really excites me is the bigger opportunity that we are able to reach tens of millions of people now that we were not able to do before. And sure, there are new things to learn, like, you know, in a startup, when you're only like a few people, everyone can fit around one table. And yeah, like it is things, things just move very differently. Whereas in a larger organization, you have to coordinate rightly so between lots of different teams. And when you are building a product or when you are improving and building new products that already has, you know, tens of millions of people around the world using on it. Yeah. You have to be incredibly more thoughtful and considerate about when you do ship new products. So both like, both are very rewarding and exciting in just very different ways. And, you know, for me, again, like, I wouldn't have accepted the opportunity unless like I felt really pumped up about it. Uh, actually, I have two questions. Uh, uh, one of the things is, um, did you feel any reality shock in the, in the, in the transition? And the other question is you also mentioned that you, you are involved in policies uh, or driving mm-hmm. policies or getting involved in the policies for, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that side of things so can you uh, talk a little bit yeah sure um so on the first like the transition like it's less a case of sort of airbnb or sort of new role it was more just you know i was moving countries and you know moving your life from one part of the world to another has its own challenges and i had new logistics to set up and you know you like you miss your family and your friends and yeah those first few months are really hard when you're trying to kind of get settled in again for the first time um in answer to your second question about policy so like one of the key things that i enjoy about my role is that i i I manage a lot of relationships with external stakeholders who are advocates and representatives for the disability community. So, you know, I do a lot of work with them to update them on our work, make sure they feel informed, but also to make sure that community feedback that they receive from their members is funneled, like, you know, is funneled back to me so we can make sure that we can build the best possible product possible. And, you know, that, that sort of, that, that policy aspect of dealing with key policy influences is something that is really important to me. There's nothing better than, you know, being able to do what you like and to something that you can relate to and that benefits Completely. your community, right? That, that's awesome. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, these stakeholders that we work with in various parts of the world, I think really value the fact that if their members do have any concerns or feedback or like, you know, praise or the whole spectrum of opinions, like it's really good that these groups feel that they can share that with me. So um, last question. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite book and what are you reading right now? Oh, favorite book. I have too many books I, I, I enjoy. Question. Yeah, but the book I'm reading, I just finished it actually, and I really enjoyed it. So maybe that's a, a case of, you know, a bias of recency. Um, I finished reading the, autobi- the, the biography, the authorized biography of John D. Rockefeller, Titan. And I think it's, an, it's, it's a really long book. It took me a long time to finish it. Um, I think, you know, for all of sort of uh, Rockefeller's flaws and mistakes, it is a, an incredibly fascinating insight um, to a very unique individual um, and what was created during that time in, in U.S. history and the kind of, the, the, the you know, it was just a very interesting insight into his life and what he achieved. And, you know, it was the, the, the detail and the research and the narrative and the, the, the way it was written was incredibly fascinating. So how do you like uh, California when compared to London? I'm going to put you in the spot. Yeah, and I am getting I'm getting more used to it now. Like it is a massive culture shock at first. Um I think you know on the positives like yeah, there is an amazing innovation ecosystem here and an innovation culture that goes back much further than anything I'd experienced before. Like I think also people here in California, especially in Silicon Valley, like it is humbling like the the, the risks that people are willing to take in terms of you know, people are willing to take really big bets on building like large organizations for the future um, and much earlier stage than anything I've seen anywhere else. But then on the sad side, like the inequalities you see in this area are like really deep. Like, I mean, you know, you it's been well publicized about how endemic the homelessness problem is in San Francisco. And I think when you are used to, the kind of European welfare systems and you see that poverty for the first time, like it is, it is really kind of, it is very shocking at first and it still is actually not even just at first, like it's continuously shocking. So yeah, like, you know, there are positives and there are like downsides of, of of San Francisco and the Bay area and California in general, but overall it's been an incredibly, uh, it's been an amazing journey. You forgot about the sunshine. The sunshine helps as well, but having said that, it is very cloudy today, so I feel very much at home. It's grey all the time in, in London, so yeah, uh, I'm sure you, you feel uh, happier there from a, a better perspective. Uh, great, so thanks for making time for us. It's been amazing talking to you. Thank you, Sharon. Thank, Thank you very much. 